Hey there guys, welcome back to another episode of Success, Lifestyle and Laughter with myself, Coach Rob Latibodier and Emma Hyman, the Posing Pro. We give you actionable steps in order to supercharge your life, whether it be in your business, sporting world, private life or relationships, you will get all of that in this podcast. We bring you lots of interesting, actionable content and interviews without the BS. So if you're looking for inspiration, motivation, and a bit of fun, this is the place to be. But we here. are now live. We are live. Awesome. So it's awesome to have you here. Um, so first of all, as usual, what we always do is we always start with some quick fire questions just for a bit of fun. Right. So you've got pretty much three minutes to answer these questions. Most people know, normally do it in under a minute or so. I'm sure you'll be the same. So yeah. they're just a bit of fun. So to begin with, I just want to ask you, this is just to give our listeners a little bit of background about you, a little bit of fun, interesting um, information about how your mind thinks, really. OK, so first question is you get 20K. 20 grand, you can buy a plane ticket to anywhere in the world. Where would you go? California. California. Good pick. That's a good spot. That's a good I pick. love it there. It's all good, right? Yeah. Why would you pick California? I go quite a lot. My big brother lives there and his wife lives there. And how good is it, though? It's like so chill and so kind and so happy. Mm. yeah it is a total yeah it's a really great vibe over there and everyone is super chilled it's just it's totally our way of life absolutely that yeah Mm. okay second question what is your go-to music in the car oh my god lezo right now do you know lezo no oh my god she's like this american kind of like strong female don't need no man type artist she's amazing you would love her She's like my go-to right now. Oh, interesting. I'm going to send you guys who she is. You'll love her. Send us the link for sure. (laughs) Check that out. Get me on Instagram and send it to me. I'm interested. I'm interested in who this is. So (laughs) three to five words. Describe yourself. Positive. Mm -hmm. um, Hungry. And... Um, empathetic, I think. Ah, okay. That's an interesting one. That's good. That's yeah. good. So you're an empath. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, I am. And hungry for food or hungry for I life? I was going to say that. I was going to say that because that's quite relevant to what you do, isn't it? Hungry for food, or are you about hungry for life and success? Everything. I just want. I'm hungry for food all the time. I'm hungry for experience. I'm hungry for relationships i'm hungry for all of it awesome i like it i like it so tell us who's your biggest influence in life and why Ooh, um this is such a cliche i'm gonna go with my mum here because most people right? parent, one parent parents one parent yeah yeah you got to right like you everyone's got that strong role model and mm. mine's definitely my mum yeah yeah she's a powerhouse Oh, I love it. Okay, so you have got one last opportunity to post your very last words on social media. What would it be? Ooh, everything changes. I like, I think, I think one of the best things for your mental health of our life is just to remember that everything is transient, right? Yeah. Um, feel right now things change like I've actually got it like I don't know if you can see this but I've got this sign on my desk it says things change I love it ah that's good and it's true isn't it like whatever moment you're stuck in or whatever time or period of your life is temporary exactly that and if you're always going to change and move on I love that on my phone um obviously the listeners can't see it but (laughs) I've got if nothing changes um nothing will change yes and that's exactly the same thing right just word a different way I think if you can remember that then whatever you feel is is okay because you know it's gonna you you can change it right it can change yeah absolutely awesome i like that that's some wicked answers and you did it within three minutes that's awesome so um but i love the everything changes because um there was someone i think it was steve bartlett actually who's um um social media fame but he um talks about how understanding even the good times will change 
but also understanding that the bad times will change too mm -hmm. and yeah. not to get too hung up on either one. So don't get full of yourself. I call it Billy Big Bollocks, right? When <laughs> when you're doing well and you start to get Billy Big Bollocks syndrome and you start thinking you're all that in a bag of chips, <laughs> right? Um, and it's about maintaining and keeping yourself in check and realizing that actually, you know, it's great now and hopefully it'll be great going forward, but stay in your lane and just be humble. And um, And I think if you're a good person and you're humble, um, hopefully things carry on from there, but don't get carried away with your own success. Yeah, I love that. It also reminds you to be present in it all. So when you do have success, you can really take it in and be so grateful for it at the time because it's not going to last forever. Well, it might not last forever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So true. So, We're so eager. We're so <laughs> eager to speak to you, um, Amelia. We're so eager. That's why. <laughs> so, do you, what, do you want to go? Do you want to go? Uh, yeah. Go on then. Go on. So, um, for those of the people that don't know, um, tell us a little bit about you. We know that you will. I know hmm. you. Um, you've got a background in nutrition and competing, and you've got a really great presence on social media within the um, health fitness industry. So, tell us about you. Okay, I am um, very beginning. Right <laughs> at the beginning. Oh, where did it all begin? What no. were you like at school, Amelia? What were you, what, where did it all come from? Where did it all go wrong? I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, right, yeah, I'm a nutritionist. I'm a nutrition consultant. Um, and I basically went through all the academic routes. So I did a, like, I, I was like a proper geek at school. And I went and did sports biomedicine at uni. And then I did like my PT qualifications and then I went on to do a master's in sports nutrition and then I did a PhD in exercise physiology. So like I've always been dead interested in physiology um, and then well, proper academic, proper academic. Yeah. Like I make them put doctor on everything. I book Airbnbs and I'm like, love that. <laughs> hey, you worked for it. So you go get it, girl. You got to do it. <laughs> I kind of did it because I, when I went out to clubs, I wanted to be like, yeah, I'm a doctor. Like while I was wearing like my body con dress and red lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking the stereotypes. Exactly that, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm like a proper, I used to be really, really, like I'm very evidence-based, but like I used to love research. And then I got into competing because um, I had a bit of a dodgy relationship. And at the time I was surrounded by a lot of men. And they were like, right, we're just going to get you in the gym and you're going to feel strong again because I felt a bit crap. I felt weak. I didn't really eat properly. I was really restrictive. Um, even though I knew about nutrition, I didn't follow it myself. I was quite, I was overly restrictive and kind of a binge restrict cycle to some extent. Um, and then I fell into competing. I loved it. And I competed for five years. Um, and then five years, five years. Yeah. Oh, did you wow. I didn't know you competed for that long. Yeah, it took me a so while. Where were you based? Where Where were you living at the time? I was living in Loughborough, um, because that's where I did my PhD and my masters. So it's dead like Loughborough's dead sporty, um, and it's really really male dominated, um, and so that's kind of how I fell into it. They've got really amazing like equipment and you know resources down there, um, yeah. And then I went on to teach sports nutrition for a couple of years, and. Then whilst I was competing, I started picking up clients and then I just decided to go full time myself um, because I thought there was kind of a gap whereby there was like the fitness industry that was dead. Um, it was quite like restrictive. It didn't really like it wasn't very honest at the time when I kind of got into it. It was quite like behind closed doors. And then there was like the nutrition industry. There was n nobody kind of in the middle and um, being dead honest about what you needed to do and all that stuff. So I kind of just tried to do it in a really honest way and now yeah now I run, run my own consultancy which is cool amazing so what so tell us about the competing side of it and did you use your your own ethos and approach to the bodybuilding and the competing or did you do it the typical bodybuilding way so I did my first show quite like quite Bro, um, quite bodybuildery. Um, I had a coach for the first time because um, I had no idea what I was doing, and he was awesome. It was like a meal plan, and he just told me what to do, and I, that was fine. It was great. And then I did that kind of classic first-time competitor finishes competing for the first time, and then 
has this completely weird relationship with food, doesn't know what they're doing, can't deal with fat gain, and then kind of spiral a little bit for a couple months. Um, and then from that, I was like, right, I need to do something about it. And so I left my coach and thought I want to do it myself. Um, and then for the next three or four years, I competed, I prepped myself. Um, and I did it very kind of, I did it evidence-based, but not too evidence-based. I still used some of the old kind of bodybuilder type stuff that I did and at the time I was in a relationship who was a bodybuilder so he was he helped me a lot um in terms of kind of giving me that external eye because you know what it's like when you compete right you can't yeah your head goes and it's really hard to judge yourself and where you're at and if you've gone too far if you've not gone far enough so yeah you definitely need that outside eye as well exactly so I was dead lucky and he kind of was like yeah you're right just keep going or Mm -hmm. you're being a bit of a dick you know change it so that was quite useful so yeah I did it myself and I wanted to show, prove that you could kind of do it still eating like bread and all of those things okay interesting because yeah I think there is still probably quite a stigma attached to prep and certain foods that you can and can't have and how you should be doing your prep obviously the industry is um it's a lot bigger now so there's so much more information and content but there's definitely still what you the the information that you give now is still quite standalone by itself there's not a massive amount of people doing what you do now yeah I think yeah I think people are kind of scared to sit in the middle like I think prep coaches don't want to look like they, they're not dead hardcore because people want results right and if a client said to me came to me and said I will do whatever it takes to become a pro athlete I'd say right I'm not the person for you you know right. somebody who will push you to the point that you're potentially going to die do what <laughs> you need to do right but that's what some people need to do to get to that yeah. level I will take I will work with girls who want to do it and you can't do prep healthy right you can't no. if you compete to a, a good standard you're not healthy but you yeah. can do it you can manage it to a certain level to yeah. keep sanity and those are the types of people that I work with. So I have a really few, like, I don't have a lot of prep clients for that reason. I think that if you want to do whatever it takes, and I think for pro athletes and people who want to compete at high standard, you do need to have that mentality. I think there are better people out there to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, I think that's why there's not that many people that kind of sit in the middle because they don't mm-hmm. want to, they're not, they don't want to refer people away. They want to be able to fit that. Well, I don't fit feel, their demand or whatever they want. Exactly. How do you, so how do you feel about people that, kind of dictate what people should eat and how they should live and um you know and such like thing is like I uh, stand on that yeah I completely understand that to get to that level there are certain things you need to do and I I kind of don't comment on like like I said people who want to get their pro cards and things I don't really comment on that but there's certain things that are not beneficial for people long term so there's really really simple things like if you completely restrict foods, so say you say to someone you can't have dairy and it's not, that's not evidence-based, right? That's just, that is bollocks. Um, that, those are the kinds of things I'm like, that's rubbish. And all that does is actually, you know, it leads to long-term issues with food relationships. It leads to like this change in your gut microbiome so that you feel that like you become then allergic to dairy, but you're not, you just haven't had it. So things that are really detrimental, like that don't need to happen, have a bit of an issue with things like excluding things like dairy. But, you know, super low calories and, you know, any drugs and all of that stuff. That's kind of like, do you know what, if that's what you need to do, go ahead and do it. I wouldn't comment on that. Mm-hmm. It's just things that you can avoid. So things like cutting out foods completely, you don't have to do that. Then I'm a bit like, well, I'm a bit reluctant to support that sort of stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, I, I've never got an athlete a pro card and I don't claim to be that person. So No, you definitely feel you feel I feel like you're on the other side of it. You're really not about, you know, the competitive side. It's more about maintaining a certain lifestyle and showing people that you can have a balanced lifestyle and you can have bits of food that you want to eat and you can go out and have a cocktail on a weekend. But you can still get a level of results that you want. Yeah, exactly. And I have girls that do get into condition and they do compete and they do do well. Um, but we, you know, we'll do it in a, we'll do it maybe a longer prep, so it's a bit more sustainable. Or, a little bit more flexibility. Exactly. And then their, but then their expectations are managed to the point of, you know, at this many weeks out, it, you know, you, it is going to be harder and it's not mm-hmm. going to be as flexible. Um, and they still come in in condition. So 
you've got as long as you manage expectations right and I think that you just have to if you do have girls like I don't work with anyone who um is on any sort of assistance so it's slightly different for them so you know you just have to manage that expectation and Mm -hmm. a lot of girls I work with who compete have come from backgrounds that have been really strict and then they've kind of come out of it with disordered eating in some way so we've kind of got that back to a healthy level so that's their priority to maintain that and still compete because I hate this kind of, I hate competing, it's given me an eating disorder. I hate that. Yes. It's competing that's done that. It's the way that you've done it or it's yes. extreme restriction. It's not mm-hmm. competing. And yes. I'm really yeah. on that because that drives me bonkers. People yeah, I deal with, personally, I deal with a lot of clients because um, I'm a mindset coach and uh, I deal with um, quite a few clients, especially over the last two years, really. Um, it seems to have exploded the amount of clients that come to me especially towards the end of the season, (laughs) no shit, Sherlock, um, with what they call binge eating um, disorders or something like that. And um, it's like you say, it's the way they've been coached or what they're eating that's caused that. It's not the it's not the industry. It's not the fact they lift weights as such. It's not the fact that of what they're doing. It's their mindset to do with food and how do you do you get people who have binge eating and things like that what 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 advice do you give them how do you work with them on that yeah I have quite a lot of clients like that I think some people as well at the moment and you'll probably have seen this yourself people call themselves binge eaters as a sort of identity and it's like are you binge eating or are you just kind of sometimes having a bit more food than, than you should have like binge eating disorder is a clinical disorder you know it's it's got certain criteria that you have to meet um, and you can get you know specialist support but I think that people cling on to this kind of I've got binge eating I need to fix it mm-hmm. and a lot of the time actually if you just say right reframe it a little bit and think do I have binge eating or do I, am I just eating a little bit more people go oh actually I'm not as bad as I thought and mm-hmm. and they immediately they start to be a bit nicer to themselves and then it gets easier yeah. um, but you know I deal with people in a different way anyone like that I don't diet or obviously if I've got people that come to me I get people that say I've gained weight post comp you guys will get this right you get people that have gained weight post comp because of binge eating and then they say I want to prep again because prep gave me prep structure and control yeah Yeah. no it's like it just masked whatever was going on and then you come back off prep again you're gonna be 10 times worse yeah. yeah. And I think that's because as well, um, we really have this mentality or it is out there on social media that when you finish a show, you go and eat shit. So yeah. that's also conditioned into bodybuilding as well, yeah. which people just need to apply control and balance throughout all of their their eating habits Mm. and it doesn't need to be one extreme to the other Mm. and then they wouldn't get the rebound they wouldn't get the the binge eating um and I think a lot of people yeah like you said they cling on to it as like a label or a term almost to make themselves feel better yeah because it's been binge eating yeah it takes it away from themselves it's like Mm -hmm. if they it's almost like if they call it something it's not their issue to deal with they don't have to own it yeah and that's yeah. and that's what they and that's sometimes what they just need to get their head around mm-hmm. but I think as well with that and that comes down to coaching and it's yes. I like I had an argument with somebody who I love the other day because they used the word cheat meal and I was like you did not just use the word cheat meal on your and you on your because I, that's one of my things that I hate but I understand that it's part of bodybuilding culture I completely understand it and for a lot of people it's just a word but for yes especially bikini athletes in general they as soon as they think that something's a cheat right you think about like cheating your boyfriend cheating on your whatever you immediately feel guilty for it so if you're telling your bikini athlete who's on prep go and have a cheat meal all she associates with that is yeah it tastes good and now I feel really guilty because it was something bad because it's a cheat Mm -hmm. so like little things like that can so much help people post-show like coaches can be as bro as they want but just changing like the language that they use can really help their clients post-show more than like a reverse diet or whatever it is that they say that they are going to do to stop binge eating. Something mm-hmm. as simple as that. Um, and everyone kind of laughs at me because I push it so hard, but it's so it's such a minor thing that's so easy to do. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And it's something I work a lot on with clients is their language, which is classic NLP or CBT, whatever you want to call it. But <clears throat> what they do is you were quite right when you said before about owning something. When we 
what we say conditions us far more than anyone really understands and uh, unless they've studied the psychology of it but the when you say um the clients will come to me and they say well my problem is i'm a binge eater even the sentence i'm a binge eater is crazy i even say to them like when you go to a party or a function do you do you introduce yourself go hi i'm julie i'm a binge eater <laughs> You know, you, you don't I don't I don't meet people and go, hi, I'm Robert. I'm a coach. I'm a I'm a mindset coach. You know, I'm just Robert. You who happens to work as a mindset coach, you know, so they they own this binge eating and then it becomes a thing for them. So I change their language and get them to change the language on that. But also um, on the bit about um, um, after after prep, when they they start going a bit. Ooh, I'm putting on loads got of no weight. And I'm, and... I'm, I'm off my diet now and I'm, I've got no control. So I try and stop them talking about diets and just say it's a way of life. Mm-hmm. The way I eat is a way of life. I eat healthily, I eat clean, and I can eat this on a weekend if I want to. I can eat this if I want to. Um, like you were saying, you can have bread. You can have this. Everything is just moderation, isn't it? It's just if you go mad and you have chip butties every single day, you know, guess what? You're going to put on weight. Right. Um, so it's about changing the way the, the way they think. And because and, and, I always say if you're on something, you can get off it. So if you're on a diet, what can you do? You can get off it. So they always think about, oh, my God, I'm on a diet and it seems this really hard, tough thing. But if you just say, hey, it's a way of life, it's yeah. what I do. I'm an athlete. And for a certain period of the year, I eat really well. For the rest of the period of the year, I eat pretty well, mm. yeah. you know. And it's in, and once they change that association and reframe it, all of a sudden they can they can start to move forward. Mm. But there's so much pressure out there, isn't there? Yeah. And I think as well, you totally hit the nail on the head like that kind of attaching your identity to something to something so when you're saying i'm a binge or i'm an athlete or whatever it is and then it, it, it stops you from being able to change so like if you say i'm a binge right i'm going to stop binge eating as soon as you stop you know you reduce your binge eating frequency you think shit i'm losing my identity i'm losing who i am because i am yes. a binge eater so then you mm-hmm. self-sabotage and you go back to square one the yeah. same people that want to say you know i'm i'm the the, the overweight friend say right or the bubbly one or whatever it is and then they start to drop body fat and they go oh my god that's not who i am anymore i'm going to yes, feel yes. and go back and it's the exact same as what you were saying it's reframing yeah, yeah, it and, and, and reframing i do and it's something you know that is just there and i can get rid of it mm-hmm. but yeah I think, I, I think the key is as well is like like you're saying about reframing is you it it, it becomes a lifestyle and it that's so much easier to manage because for me, after every single show that I've done, I've never thought myself as a binge eater or it's like I've never really gone from one super strict diet mm. to another. Mm. It's almost like, yeah, the, the strictness becomes a little bit less, but there's still that structure, yeah. you know, so. Because it's a way of life. Because it's a way of life, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, you've even said to me over the years and and our listeners know that, you know, we've worked together for over three years now. You've always been in shape. Yeah. Food's never been like I've never had an unhealthy relationship with food, I think, because it all, it has always been just a way of life. Yeah. Food, food is just like what I eat is a way of life. And I don't overindulge in anything. Yeah, I might do every so often at Christmas or whatever. Mm. But gen- generically, it's always just how I live my life. You yeah. know, that's amazing. You know- like that's yeah <laughs> it's just not like it's just normal to me and yeah. and I'm not a super strict eater I go out and I, I you know I go out for dinner and I go out for drinks and every day is not really strict and I, and I think people tend to look at me and maybe think that because I do stay in shape pretty much all year round relatively in shape mm. but I think it is purely because I have a consistent lifestyle so yeah. it's never one huge extreme to the other yeah but you do a really good job at you don't portray somebody that is um, super on it all the time. You portray somebody, you know, you don't even have to portray it because you just kind of live your life. and It's really clear on your social media. You just kind yeah. of consistently going about your day to day and it's not a thing. And it's no. really on your social media. And I think 
that's what was missing say when I started competing maybe when you started competing like five years ago mm. that was really missing that side of things of just being mm. consistent and not talking yeah. about it and then my side of things which was probably oversharing at that time I just overshared because there was nothing I think right. the only narrative that was out there was I grind harder I do this every single day mm. I think that's where yeah. a lot started and I think as well I um I imagine there was probably a lot of bodybuilders out there that maybe think that you're not as serious if you're not hardcore all year round and I think that's where people get a little bit lost in translation Mm. but you don't have to be hardcore all year round you know Mm. you don't have to be measuring out your food every single day like 12 12 months of the year it doesn't have to be that way you can still improve that's definitely where the problem comes from doesn't it yeah yeah it's it's, it's, it's misinformative like the information that's out there like you said the bro life that's what people think you need to be extreme and do that but you actually don't like I think when I first started competing it was still that approach of you it was it was two extremes you are crazy strict and consistent all year round. So you don't, or, and you have a Saturday night cheat yeah. and that's your life. Or you're super strict in prep. And then when it comes to off season, go and eat what you want. Mm. So yeah. it was two extremes, but I just think because of maybe my background or my mm. mentality, it just wasn't really ever an option for me. But there's just, you know, one of the things that used to make me sad is is when I see on Christmas Day people still posting and talking about, oh, my God, I can't eat this. My Christmas cheat this. meal. It's <laughs> Christmas. It's like, Christ, that's one day of the year. Let go. Let it go. Where has this come from? You've been seriously conditioned by social media. And it's social else. media. Um, yeah. and, and, media. It really is. It really is. I think it's a lot better now. You know, a lot more people are transparent now, but it's still, I mean, there's still a long way to go. <laughs> there's still a long way to go. And I think that really comes full circle back to what we were just saying about, especially the bikini girls. And it is the 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 industry has blown up so much. There is so many girls that want to compete but they just don't have the education that they need to be able to do it healthily, yeah. which is why there's this vicious circle of the binge eating and um, the on off, you know, it's just yeah. that they're just not fully informed as to what is the right thing and the right approach. Mm. Yeah. So who do you, who, who do you work with mostly then? Is it normal people? Is it sports people? Is it what, what's your main? Yeah. So I have a range. I'd say like, I'd say probably 80% of my clients are like general population clients um, who have some sort of disordered relationship with food. Um, So not necessarily binge eaters, but people that maybe just want to, drop a bit of fat but maintain a life right and if they've got or they've got some emotional attachment to food um most of my clients are like that I've maybe got three or four girls who compete um and they're especially they're really special girls to me for whatever reason and that's why I work with them um and then I've got a couple of like more sports people who are you know like a couple of rugby players who compete um for the country so they're more like fat loss or performance so I've got a range, um, which mm-hmm. is really, really nice. Um, and then and most of my clients are women as well. Um, so but I think that should change quite soon because we're going to be working with a male coach. So that will be nice because I think there's a little barrier. I think men are a little bit more reluctant to approach me to say yeah. a bit of a disordered eating relationship with food. Whereas I'm going to have a male coach, which will hopefully reduce yeah. that. Because you don't really see a lot about males having unhealthy relationships with food not openly anyway yeah and exactly that and I think that's what's I think it's a real shame because mm-hmm. I've got most of my friends are males and a lot of them have, have competed before or have got these sort of underlying relationships with food and and mm-hmm. when they speak to me they're like don't put your issues onto me I'm like but they're still there you just don't want to mm-hmm. accept it because because you know that I know um and so I think I think that they just have this reluctance and I think it comes from that thing about you know, men are like conditioned to be like strong and never look like they're losing power and all of these things. And they feel shame when they feel like they're not powerful. Right. And they don't. Mm-hmm. So that shame is like a big barrier to get to mm. help them get support. So, 
I talk a lot about that with clients again. You know, it all stems back from millennia, you know, cavemen days and everything. It's all ug, ug, you know, beat your chest sort of thing. And uh, men are very reluctant, even in my game, to come forward if they've got um, mindset issues in terms of limiting beliefs about work, relationships, whatever. They, they're very reluctant to. And that's why there's a lot of talk at the moment, I think, about uh, mental health issues in men and stuff like this and and it is a shame because not enough of them you know I'm always shouting out saying men listen you need to come forward I think um and my last stats having a look I think 72 percent of my clients are women and uh there's no way on earth that all those other men are totally fine and walking around out there totally in control of their lives totally in control of their working life their personal lives their relationships their food they're not there's there's a load of them out there with problems but they just don't want to come forward and i think uh, if they did there'd be this huge weight off their shoulders once they speak to someone like yourself who can help them with that and uh, hopefully there's going to be a load of them listening now that that will realize that hey amelia's here guys go get her you know what i mean she can help you out because it is sad that that you know, the, the, there is that stigma and um, and it does, like I say, it goes back to millennia, you know, um, stiff up a lip and I'll carry on and uh, I'll be OK. I'll get through this, you know, and yeah. but they they suffer from the same problems. So when you're working with these people, they come to you. Do you work with them? How do you work with them? Do you work with them as a, a one off? Do you give them diet sheets? Do you? I don't know anything about this. So do you um, do you have a, 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 a certain thing like six weeks, eight weeks where you keep going over the stuff? How does it work? Yes. Yeah, so I work with all of my clients pretty much all of my clients online um, and we work I don't have any sort of at the moment at least I don't have any kind of blocked things it's very much a rolling a rolling um, I say contract but you know process with my clients yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we tackle we tackle both so we tackle nutrition and you know they'll be given a nutritional program whether that's an example meal plan with macros you know they're never given a meal plan on its own they always get macros and or they're given kind of guidelines around food if they don't want to track their food. Um, and then we also, alongside of kind of working on, the, on their nutrition education, we, over the weeks, will implement um, mindset-based habits to support their nutrition, and they're very much, like, aligned. So things around mindfulness, meditation, mindful eating, mm-hmm. um, self-compassion, gratitude, all of these things and how they align with nutrition. And I think that that... People kind of underestimate just how much being nice to yourself influences your nutrition. And a lot of the work that I do and with my clients do is just realizing most of us are really horrible to ourselves, you know. And as soon as you become horrible to yourself, you don't think you're worthy, you don't treat yourself well, and ultimately that transpires into your nutrition and your exercise. And so we work on both sides. And a lot of what I do, you know, I might not change somebody's macros for three months. But they'll get fat loss the whole time, you know, and they and it's because they just start realizing, you know, becoming more self-aware, becoming more mindful and becoming kinder to themselves. And I think and that's the power that you have with people in terms of long term change. You mm. guys know that yourself. I yes. think you both work on confidence in, in both of what you do. And I think that's where you see the real difference in people is confidence and self-worth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. If somebody's listening and they're like Joe Bloggs, he works in the office, he doesn't compete, um, and maybe he's listening and he's thinking, have I got a problem with food? Um, I know I struggle a little bit. I didn't think of it as a problem, but now I'm listening to this. Maybe I have, um, but I don't know anything about proteins and carbs and all these macros and people talking about all these different amino acids and all this stuff i just want to be able to lose weight and control my eating would would you work with someone like that and what would happen next with him yes so i work with quite a lot of people like that to be honest um For people like that, yes, I try and educate everyone on nutrition. I don't mean like amino acids and complete proteins and all of this stuff, but basic educational nutrition is, is so empowering for anyone because it means that they can go out and enjoy themselves and kind of be aware of what they're eating. And it makes them feel empowered and it makes them feel good. Um, so, they, you know, everyone will become educated in nutrition in that sense. But, you know, basic things you can do 
improving your awareness around food. So actually just being, you know, on my social media, I talk about this a lot, but being mindful of your food. So actually when you're eating a meal, sitting down with your meal and looking at your meal and saying, this is what I'm eating. I'm going to take 10, 15 minutes to eat it. I'm not going to use my phone. Um, I'm just going to sit down and enjoy it. I'm going to think about the flavors and the tastes. And that alone will improve someone's relationship with food, just actually being aware of what they're doing. They'll become more aware of like snacks and things like that. So maybe Joe Bloggs is snacking all afternoon at work, but he doesn't really remember doing it because he's Mm -hmm. working at his desk, right? So saying, right, I want you to, whenever you eat something, I want you to sit down and take 10 minutes to eat it and not have a phone. All of those little bites and, you know, snacks have gone out the window because you can't do that when you're at work. No. And so we drop back from that. Um, so, you know, it's just basic, really basic things. It's just all the things that we don't do with our food, all these things that we've grown up around, you know, we judge ourselves for food. You know, being mindful around your eating means you don't judge what you do. Um, and just being present, which is something we never do. We're always watching TV or we're always on our phones, Instagramming it or whatever it is. <laughs> first. I think I looked on my stats the other day and I did five and a half hours um in the day on instagram and it's facebook scary, right? it's so scary it's, it's scary, scary. <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh my god no way um but you're so right and and again i'm the same i'll put my hand up you know i i sit there and i'll eat my dinner and um i'll be on my phone while i'm eating it and sometimes i finish the dinner and i like I, where'd it go what, I, what did i just eat <laughs> i can't even remember the taste of it or anything it is it's so just, true and i'm even i'm actually going to apply that to my I am. my next I, it's meal a great, it's a great tip um Amelia, <laughs> and we'll let everyone know how we get on yeah and yes. i'm going to use that on clients as well because i think you're totally right i think if you are aware of what you're eating you will challenge yourself a little bit more in a mm-hmm. kinder way though mm-hmm. you know you'll say well do i really need to put that on my plate extra you know because as you get more aware of it I think you would you'd start to look at it and go actually that's enough or I really like that I'm gonna have a little bit more of that and I'm gonna have less of that and and just be aware of what you're eating because I think you're right we don't we're not aware are we we're we, not aware we yeah. just eat sometimes yeah. yes and it's so easily done mm. if you like you know we'll be eating something we're like I don't even know if I like that anymore because if you, <laughs> you eat the same thing every day right it's like mm. do you even know what protes taste like anymore probably not because you eat the same every day and you're not paying attention. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. So true. If you could give yourself um, any advice, your younger self, what would it be? Uh, trust that this is happening for you and not to you. Love it. Mm, I like it. I really, I think that's really important. I think if you can reframe everything that happened, it's yeah. like cliche, right? Everything happens for a reason, but it does. And if you can reframe the really crap stuff that you're going through and say, like, for example, that horrible man at that time got me into competing and that got me into this job that I do. It leads you somewhere else, doesn't it? It's almost like your um, your darkest times find your you find your strengths, you know, you always learn something from it or not learn or discover something. Yeah, because I think you've you've done a post like that before. I think I remember. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's true. I think everything happens. And I think as well that massively comes down to like your mindset as well. So if you if you if you are generally like a positive person and you've got a strong mindset, it is it is easier for us to do that. But I know like quite a, a few people that they're just not that mentally strong in that sense. Yeah. And it just seems like anything bad that happens to them, it pulls them down even even more. Yeah. But so I think. Um, we're lucky for some reason that we have stronger a stronger mindset and we're able to use whatever happens to us to create something positive out of it. Yeah, I I think yeah you're right. I think obviously genetically there's a, a component of that and how we've been raised and all. Mm-hmm. But then again, something that you know, if I've got clients who are like that and things like you know practicing gratitude every day, that is an evidence based method to improve happiness. Mm-hmm. To reduce body dissatisfaction to improve body confidence all of these things have been shown to be associated with just writing down three things every day that you're grateful for and so if you do if you're not naturally somebody who is potentially positive and and things like that then you have to take action action on it and I think people think that you you just wake up one day with this really great relationship with food and this no it takes time doesn't it yeah, yeah. we've had really crappy times and we all have to work our way out of it. Just mm-hmm. like we learn about nutrition, just like we learn about training. Yeah. You've got to learn how to 
program your mind in that way and you've yeah. got to responsibility and make it a habit it needs to be like a daily ritual make it a habit and then it sticks with you it becomes a stronger um mm-hmm. habit absolutely yeah. <laughs> so do you know when your clients do you do you sort of coach them through what they buy as well in terms of food yeah um, I do, but to be honest, most of my clients, after a couple, even after a couple of weeks, they're so confident in macros. If they're tracking, they're so confident in macros that they go off and do it. There's certain challenges that I might set them. So, you know, introducing certain new foods into their diet across the week. These are the types of clients maybe that have come from really restricted backgrounds and they're scared to maybe eat certain foods. Um, or clients who are scared of certain foods, you know, if they banned, say, say they say ice cream is a trigger food for them for a binge then I might say right we're going to have ice cream every day this week as an example for that repeated exposure and things like that so there might be certain times when I guide them or but nothing you know nothing specific in terms of what they have to go and buy I'll give them an idea of what proteins carbs and fats are and and things like that but it's I think and and I guess that's almost giving them the freedom to then but still be accountable to themselves exactly and they need you know ultimately I'm not coaching anyone short term I want people to go away and be able to do this themselves and feel Mm -hmm. like empowered and one of the things that um a a challenge that I learned in one of the books that I read was um getting people to go into the supermarket without a budget for one shopping trip because what you find is that people buy certain foods because it's on a budget and then they'll maybe eat more of it so they'll buy like the 50p donuts right and then they'll eat five of them because they were 50p and I freaking love a 50p donut I don't get it doesn't but (laughs) custard donuts all the way but eat five right because they're in a pack but then they won't buy a Krispy Kreme because it's too expensive. And it's like, treat yourself to a Krispy Kreme and see and see the difference. And then they'll go and buy one donut and they'll feel empowered. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's worth that money. I will go and do that moving forwards. So mm-hmm. there is some guidance, but I think that they need to feel empowered to be able to go off and, and do it. Because I do love crunching up cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> do you need Amelia? <laughs> and then... Uh, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my one weakness and I like to buy that 500 gram box and uh, I will my bowl my breakfast bowl isn't like everybody's breakfast bowl mine's like a soup dish <laughs> I feel that I feel that mother up you know what I mean um, but then on the flip side the rest of your your foods and your your daily habits are yeah. your your very yeah. balanced absolutely and that's why I call it a way of life I mean I carry a a prep bag almost you know with my food prepped in there for those who don't know what that means but you know um and people say to me you know wow you're in such good shape I'd like to look like you especially at your age you know and uh, it's like it's a way of life I don't mm. I don't ever feel like I'm on a diet I'm not mm. on a diet nobody's tracking me I don't compete I don't, I've never competed I've, I just work out and that's it um but I'm not actually on a diet because again I believe if yeah. you're on a diet you'll get off a diet and then you'll change the way you eat because you're off that now I just eat that way it's a way of life so I'm allowed or not even allowed I I have crunching up cornflakes because I love them right and that's it and then obviously I go to the gym and then I I I have my meals that I carry around which even then at that super um strict because I have like chili sauce all over the top of them and all sorts of stuff and I love it but I'm still in great shape I've got abs that are through and 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 stuff like that and I I really have never ever in my life apart from when I was boxing watched what I eat and even then it wasn't like bodybuilders do they're Mm. hardcore boxers you know we just go on a diet and it's crazy at the end and 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 diet down but ultimately I just eat what I want but it's sensible all within the time. reason you don't yeah what you want isn't what everyone else's what yeah. you want would be yeah you know so it's still because before relative. before this um amelia i i did a little bit of a nosy i've been on your instagram now so i'm gonna i'm actually gonna start give her a follow i'm gonna start following <laughs> you now. Uh, I, I, will, I will admit i, I didn't I didn't know before because I'm not a competitor. I've never come across your page before, but I love it. And I and what I love about your page is that you've got a bit of tongue in cheek with it. There's a lot of personality in there as well, which I like because it, it just takes the boring edge off it. Yeah. And um and I like the way you know you talk about some of these inverted commas unhealthy foods um with sugar in and stuff and you're like no that doesn't make you fat it's a calorie Mm. deficit Mm. you know do you want to expand on that a little bit for us yeah i think that comes down to that removing that association of 
good foods and bad foods. Like construct cornflakes are good. Like they're just as good as any other food within your normal daily intakes. And again, it's just a backlash from all of those couple of years when it was none of these foods were good foods. They were all kind of banished. Mm. And yes, obviously. So there's a comparison that I think I've got on there. Then it's like a, a frozen yogurt with loads of fruit and nut butter and stuff. And a donut right so obviously this kind of throw you with nut butters and things it's got more fiber in it yes overall health nutritionally it's better right but if you go on holiday like so it's like when i went to california last year i ate two donuts a day right because i was trying all these new donuts in all these different places because i love donuts but people were like i can't believe you look like that and you're eating your donuts it's like, well, I've just been for a two-hour hike, but also, why are you throwing such a drama about this when I could eat this 500-calorie bowl of fruit and you wouldn't even blink? Yeah. And I think it's just reminding people that ultimately, for body fat at least, a calorie is, is almost almost a calorie, right? And, and I'm obviously aware of my demographic, and my demographic tends to be the types of people that are scared of certain foods. And so obviously my posts are more directed towards those people that do get scared of these types of things. And I have people tagging me on Sundays with cinnamon buns, saying this is the first cinnamon bun I've had in like years because you showed me that I could eat this and it's okay. And that's kind of obviously the type of people that I'm working towards. I think there's an issue at the moment where people are too evidence-based, right? So they are, I'm an evidence-based practitioner. So they're very straight to the point. They won't accept any sort of leeway in it there's no personality in it and it's just kind of a little bit I understand what they're trying to do and and of course the science is right but for me it's like nobody cares nobody it's not very applicable Um, and then you've got the people that are like evidence-based sucks It's, it's just science and people don't know what it's like to actually live it so I try and show that you can live it and be science based at the same time you know as much as I possibly can um and I think yeah, I just think everyone should be able to eat what they want in moderation. It's just that moderation so bloody boring that nobody wants to do it. <laughs> yeah, and I think as well, like, it does come down to having that healthier mindset and approach to food. It's like, yeah, you can eat a donut, but you eat one, you don't eat ten. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's it's all it's all in moderation. Mm. Um, and it's, of course, if you know your foods and you're educated on that, then you know, right, I've had a donut today. This is what I've got left in the rest of my macros for the day. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And I used to be the person when I first competed that would eat 10 donuts. Right. So I know I understand. I've definitely done a 12 box of Krispy Kremes in a day for sure. I have, yeah. Post-show, but I do it in one day and then that's it done. I don't do it like for two weeks. Yeah. And that again. Bottomless. (laughs) Say that again, sorry. After a show, you're completely bottomless. Yeah, you can just keep putting more and more and more in. (laughs) But that's what I mean. Like you do it for maybe a couple of days or you have it. I tend to say to um, I don't really prep anyone anymore. But when I did, I would say to them after your show every day, have some have have something that you've wanted Mm -hmm. throughout your prep, you know, Um, just to really get them used to just having something every day that you might that you wouldn't usually allow yourself um, and don't take it as, oh, right, now I'm done. Let me go and binge on loads of shit. Yeah. It's the people that have the treat boxes. You know, the ones that, I mean, I did it in my first show, so I'm not judging anyone that does it, but I obviously don't allow people to do that, where you start to hoard from about eight weeks out, and then you've got like a shoe Not box. for me, because my problem is I would get like two weeks out from my show and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no treat boxes for me. <laughs> It's just a recipe for disaster for anyone. That's crazy. It's just a total wrong approach. So, Amelia, what? I've got a question. Have you? Yeah, I have. I want to know, because you, um, I feel like you're a very um, inspirational, driven female. Thank you. But I'd like to know what drives you. Because you're a go-getter. Do you know what? This sounds quite martyrish and I don't mean it to, but genuinely empathy drives me. And like I've been where most of my clients are and I feel so I just want to help. Help. Yeah. If I didn't want to help people because I really struggle in this industry. I really do in a lot of ways because I feel kind of like I'm on my own in a little little space. And I struggle with fighting my corner sometimes because I'm Mm -hmm. not I'm not a really 
bullshit person I'm naturally dead shy like my mum can't believe that I go and talk at things because I I'm so shy not what I used to be yeah but you go and talk at these things because you're passionate about what you what you do so that's why it's so easy for you to go and talk about it and help other people yeah and I think as long as you can help somebody then it's worth it right like I've got this this is not science-based right but I have um a stone on my neck um black on it and it's to again it's not science right but it's to protect my energy and to stop me from picking up other people's energies, right? Um, obviously, it's placebo, right? But it works for mm-hmm. me. And, and it's because I feel like whenever I work with people, I feel really quite drained because like, I just want to give you, you give, all everything. You give, give, give constantly. Yeah. Like, yeah, a bit like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get drained the same way. Yeah, yeah. and it's not and it's not like, oh, I'm such a martyr. I just want to help people. And it's not like that. But you genuinely, if you can empathize with somebody, like for mm-hmm. me, Somebody, so um, my sister wouldn't mind me saying this. My sister had um, eating issues when she was younger. And, you know, as a family, we went through that process together. And, oh, I know what it was like, right? And I've got one client, she's not with me anymore, but she was, she had been anorexic and she'd come out of it um, and her GP had signed her off. But she was kind of on that border where she was struggling to, to get any further. Yeah. And so we worked with her to gain some weight and strength and things. And then her mom at Christmas said, you know, this is the first Christmas you've been able to just eat dinner and enjoy Christmas. And she was like, I think Amelia's a Christmas angel. And like for me, I was like, this oh, is- that's amazing. Because my mum's been there and I've been there where it's just, it takes over your whole life. And mm. so, yeah, that just makes me want to help. People. More. So that leads me to my next question, which you've kind of just answered. But what's your what's your end goal? What's your legacy? That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> oh God! Um, <laughs> you know, I am this. I am really, really, really happy. If I could do this job every day for till I die, I would be happy. Um, I, I want to. That's your legacy. Like yeah. what you're doing is is like such an amazing thing. Um, educating people and you know making sure they're they're healthy and well it's similar to my you're changing lives and um you know like you say because people have problems if you can alleviate that Mm -hmm. problem and it's similar to what i do but it's it's a big deal is food and uh, i think if you're helping them then you know you're leaving a legacy with so many people every life you touch you're leaving that legacy you know and 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 similar to you when i get messages Mm -hmm. saying oh my god i was in such a bad place when i met you and da 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 now i feel so much better and i'm going out there and i've got no limiting beliefs about this this or this or i'm doing better it's 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 part of it but you know i think that was a little bit of a cop out amelia what <laughs> you know you're young you're young you're you're in your prime you know come on if you could wave a magic wand what's the legacy where do you want to be in 20 years time do you, you're not still going to be just doing what you're doing today surely what where do you want to be what do you want to do honestly i i want to have you know a group of coaches underneath me so i've got two now who, yeah. who take on clients i i want to be i want to be a mum i want to be a wife i want to be all of these things i want to have a family that's so important to me and i'm not like i before i would have been embarrassed to say that but mm-hmm. because i'm so i'm not great in relationships in general i'm, I'm 32 and i'm pretty everyone knows i'm pretty crap <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty what pretty what pretty crap in relationships i'm not right but i'm not no, you're not no, i think not. you just you know um you know yourself and you probably know not to settle and anything that isn't, you know, elevating you up, then it's like I felt like I needed bah. to I needed to coach you then, Amelia. You know I, mean? <laughs> I was just about I was about to dive in there. I was like, oh, I had to hold myself back. Do you know what I mean? So aware of what I was saying, I was like, don't say something he's going to say. Like, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I jumped all over that. I thought, no, I oh, I'm pretty bad at relationships. Ooh, I, guess, yeah. guess where the brain's going now? Ooh, <laughs> bad at relationship. Let me self-destruct the next guy I get no. then. No, I know. And I'm not, I don't think that. Just like Emma said, though, like I know very much what, what I need and what I want. And yeah. what I think I, as well, when you're, we're, we're at a similar age, I think when you're of that age and you've been through <clears throat> a couple of different relationships from great to bad, then you really have a clear picture of what you do and don't want. And unfortunately, that limits out a lot of people. It totally does. But, you know, I'm not afraid to say, yeah, like I'm open. I'm open and I want, I want kids and I want all of that and, and so yeah in 10 20 years time I want to have a family and I want people still to be helping other people under under the same methods that we use yeah. but I just 
cook for my family. <laughs> and that's, I love it. I don't think that should be like, you know, working women, I think they, some, in the past, have been ashamed to say that, you know, I want to be able to do those things. But I, like, I would say that to anybody. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a shameful thing to say, I want to be a, I want to be a mum and a wife and I want to cook for my kids. I think that's nice. Mm-hmm. Now I've done the business stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's old school values, isn't it? And I think we need more of that, not less, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, uh, you know, this throwaway society that we're in is, is stopping that and, uh, um, with social media and everything else. And it's all right. You're no good next, you know, and, and it isn't social media that causes problem in relationships and stuff. It's, it's just people having more access. That's all. But it's, it's the, the, um, the frailties in the human nature, in the human experience that causes the problems. All we've got is better communication. You know, um, I think I was listening to a podcast the other day and I think it was Tom Bellew or somebody and he was summed it up and he was saying it's like, um, oh no, he was, he was interviewing, um, what's his name? Hussey, Matthew, Matthew. Oh, Hussey. Matthew, I love him. Yeah. Matthew Hussey. He's, um, He's a relationship coach. He's he's massive. He's one of the biggest in the world now. But he's from London. He's from England. And uh, he started off there and he started off coaching men. And then he, he now coaches women. And uh, he, he was saying about this and, and they were fundamentally saying that, you know, with social media and stuff, all it is is speed now. That's the difference. So people can swipe right, meet someone, go on a date and get back from the date. And the date was OK. It was pretty good. They liked them and everything. But they can go home, pick up their phone have a look at another 10 possible suitors and then be like oh he might be better he might be better whereas before you just had a good day you know what so I, mean? I guess essentially yeah. it's speeding up the process it's not just speeding up the process <laughs> what it's doing is it's giving you more choice yeah so choice with the frailties as i say mm-hmm. my company is called the human experience and with the human experience and the frailties of that and having choice you've got a you've got a recipe for disaster just like food in your game you know it's uh, yeah. it's just we've we've got shitloads of choice <laughs> we as human beings we're 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 quite frail and weak in terms of that and um and we self-sabotage and uh, and i think we're doing that in relationships as well because we're looking for the perfect relationship the next best thing yeah you're looking for the perfect one instead of just saying do you know what i always say to people there isn't Mr. and Mrs. Right, because there's no, that's like looking for perfection and there's no such thing as perfection. So there's Mr. and Mrs. That'll do. And it's great, you know, and we can have a great time because if we want to upgrade each other, we can always do that forever and ad infinitum. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you cannot, there's always someone who's a little bit taller, a little bit prettier, a little bit, I don't know, better body, a little bit, whatever. So you can go on forever and ever. And I just think there comes a time where you go, do you know what? really like this person but they've got to be as I do with my clients because I work with couples and stuff as well and I talk about the core values mixed with their human needs and if you find someone whose values are similar to yeah. yours and and their human needs are similar and uh yeah. you know you both laugh and you get on well together hey just go for it and make it happen you know Absolutely. And that's it. I think that's a whole other podcast yeah I think, <laughs> I think that's we'll a, get Amelia back on <laughs> a whole other one I'm gonna do a live coaching with Amelia <laughs> Let's <laughs> see how that goes. So, uh, so that's it. I mean, yeah. I think unless you've got anything else, but no, I think that all was fantastic. I wanted, all I really want to know is um, how do we find you, Amelia? Yeah, if Tell people want to get socials. a hold of you, how um, do they get a hold of you? Instagram's the mo- the place that I am most. Um, so that's Amelia Thompson PhD, um, and also my website is Amelia Fitness. So and you can get me on both. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so so much it's for joining us. Super absolutely inspiring. Love it. I love wicked. it. And love I'm it. gonna even implement a couple of these. Me too. <laughs> but I am gonna now because I feel like you've given me the green light, Amelia. I'm gonna yeah. probably buy now two boxes of five hundred gram um <laughs> crunching up because I'm allowed I'm gonna go for it. I'm not I'm not bothered anymore. I'm gonna go for it. I used to but just don't don't do both boxes in one day, or if you do, you just can't eat anything else. No, no, no. I'm just gonna have a. a I would never let myself um have too be many excessive. too many bowls. Excessive. Too many. No, I'm pretty excessive. But <laughs> one bowl, but not but, two. But but no, now I'm gonna be a little bit excessive. <laughs> and and if I put on any weight, right? If I lose my abs, I'm gonna blame Amelia. You're missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> no, Amelia said I could, so I'm gonna do it. listen it's been absolutely fantastic having you on and i'm sure our listeners are going to get a lot out of that and um hey if any of them out there are listening and they they want to um 
improve their their relationship with food or improve their diet you're the person to go to definitely and and if i've got any clients that have got issues i'm definitely going to be sending them your way likewise thank you very much for coming on i'm i'm uh i'm stoked with that and i'm gonna I'm going to put a few of those things in place. Yes, so it's absolutely. Been great. And I'm going to follow you now on Instagram. So I'll follow you back. Okay. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Thank See you later. Thank you so much, Amelia. Bye-bye. Hi, guys. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please, please leave a positive review. And if there's any topics you want us to cover, drop it in the comments. And if you could share this with your friends, it would really mean so, so much to us. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to share the next episode with you. And if you want to know any more about us, you can find us on all social media platforms. Just drop by and say hello.